I've not heard Rage Against the Machine for quite a while. Quite enjoyed that. I felt like I was back in a club in the late 90s. Well, it's very festive, of course. Oh, of course, yeah. Christmas, full, former full Christmas, Christmas number one. Yeah. Rage Against the Machine. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm going to start off by saying this is an amazing film. I don't think it's too controversial to say that the IMDb's 16th best film of all time is... Con- is... is that what it is? Yes. 16th... Well, okay. Well, yeah, I kind of... I, I... Yeah. I do not... I'm, there's double negative. I do not disagree. I do. <laughs> I think I've got a lot to say about how this isn't the 16th best film of all time. But I feel but like this should be... you can understand it, though, can't you? I feel like this should be tempered with the fact that this is a great film and I've had a lot of fun watching it. And also, it's a film that I think means a lot in in a cultural sense, and maybe that's what I'm thinking of, is it's clearly not the 16th greatest film of all time, like... I mean, but you know, then you get one, you get one place like seventeenth or fifteenth or one whatever. One place above Goodfellas. All right, less said about that, the better. But yeah, I it's mean, it's more... more it's more the sixteenth best film of all time than The Dark Knight Rises is the seventy fourth best film of all time. Mm, but, okay, yeah. okay, let's not get into that. But I feel like there is there's so much attached to this film that I can kind of understand why it comes up so high in the rankings from a cultural perspective because it really did blow everyone's minds when it came out and even watching it today I know we were saying in the intro we wondered how it would stand up apart from a couple of clunky moments sort of visually I really loved being in the world of the Matrix again okay so I think the world of the Matrix is brilliant and I'm saying this with a caveat because I've got a lot to say about that later later on I think the joys of this are the effects. There is the thing around that late 90s, early 2000s uh, CGI where it doesn't quite look as anywhere near well. It looks like video game cutscene nowadays. And I, I don't think agree there with were this. a few moments like that where I was like, yeah, I'm on Resident Evil 2. And, uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't agree. I thought it looked really really good um, because the visual effects that you have in this film are so stylized it i don't feel it's got that generic i'm gonna say genericism but that's not a word but you know that that generic quality like a video game or a resident evil stuff we would see nowadays where you just look at it and it's flat and it doesn't have any tone to it this has so much style attached to it i think it feels both very much of its time and still very modern. Okay, um, I I respectfully disagree. For me, you know, there's little things like the um, the bit, and there's probably a name for this. You know, you're far off with you, but the bit at the beginning of the film where they put the the insect in, or the the oh the little him, like the trace thing. Yeah, when that morphs, I'm just like, nah, okay, okay, that, okay. Yeah. I kind of I kind of see that, but I think we have that now. Okay, I, I I don't um as much. I think I think nowadays it looks like sort of sci-fi channel CGI. Okay, not anything wrong with that, but yeah, but yeah, the world the world building is good. I think it has been surpassed. Is the problem that I would say, and I, I'm going to say now the thing that hangs over this for me is I think that Inception did uh, copied this and improved on a upon it. 
okay, yeah, we're going to disagree a lot then because I think that th- this is so different from anything that Inception is, is trying to do or w- wants to do. And the style of Christopher... What's his name? Nolan. I've lost his name. Thank you. The style of Christopher Nolan is so different to the Wachowskis. It's so different from what they're trying to do here. This is a smaller film. This is a smaller budget. This is look, looking at... Oh, I at totally the, agree. Yeah. You know, yes, okay, you're going to have the, the mix of... The, the thematic mix of dreams and waking up and all of that sort of business. Fine, I can see a link there. But when I look at a Nolan film, I, I see Bond. You know, when I look at... A Wachowski's film, I I see something much more independent in its style and and, it, and its nature. Have you seen Speed Racer? <laughs> no, I haven't actually. Yeah, I haven't. So maybe that's the thing. I don't know whether. I mean, potentially, I'm gonna I'll backtrack a little bit and maybe say that potentially there's the nostalgic element attached to this. So yeah. I very much place it in the late 90s. I remember all the places that I, that I was when I was watching this on the little cardboard DVD. Yeah, it, it's got such a feeling of late, the late, I was 1999, into the early 2000s for me that I can't really compare it to modern day filmmaking. And maybe that's where the problem lies for me. I mean... Inception is 11 years old. Don't. <laughs> Inception is the halfway point between now and when this was released, I now have realised. Well, uh, but yeah. Um, so the, the reason I say Inception is, I think it's... I'm, I'm going to make my Inception point and I'm going to move on. Because I think Inception does that thing whereby it takes a re- it takes a reference point that you can cling on to so many times. Like... You never realise that when you're starting a dream and the time dilation between dreams and things like that, and it kind of attaches it to your life. I think the problem with The Matrix is it doesn't try and do it, apart from one bit where it where it goes, oh, I've got deja vu. That's not deja vu. Mm-hmm. Seeing a cat, seeing the same cat twice is not deja vu <laughs> okay. at all. Okay. And but it, but that just makes in, and that just makes me want to do it better. But it works in the context of the film that you have to you have to show him seeing the cat twice in order for them to say, well, the rules of the game are that if you see something like that, or you, a deja vu that you feel, that's not deja vu. Uh, yeah, okay, but something that you feel might be like a deja vu, not like deja vu. Seeing the same cat twice is not deja vu in any way. But it's explaining the rules, isn't it? it it's to say, okay, something's changed. And that's that's the thing. I think when it tries to do it. It just reminds me they didn't do it better. Okay. Um, and th- that's my feeling on it. But can, we talk, can we talk about positives? Yeah, because... yeah. Well, I'm, I was talking yeah. about positives. Yeah. You're the one that's dragging us down the Inception comparison. During the preview podcast, you or the introduction podcast, you mentioned about Carrie Ann Moss and how she was um, kind of a, a trailblazer for these female-fronted um, films and action stars. And, stuff. and I was like, I never really got that when I was 20. You know what? You might be right. <laughs> Maybe um, once on the podcast today, I will be. So, I when I, I remember when I was first watching this, and this doesn't reflect well on twenty-year-old Mark, but I was twenty years old, and it was a different time. I remember thinking, "Wow, oh, it's a shame they didn't use someone better looking for that." <laughs> now I'm looking at it going, "Bloody hell, she is stunning," and I think yeah. it's the fact that she is in her 30s, which is a really bold choice from the Wachowskis. Um, it would be so easy to just pick a... Who would be the thing at the time? Oh, it would be someone... Sarah Michelle Gellar. Blonde or, and young. Yeah, and, yeah, 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 yeah. It would be so easy to pick yeah. that. Um, and 
and they didn't and I think it's all the better for it. Now, she was quite unknown at the time, yes. as far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, Her bone structure is some of the most amazing, but, you know, and they, they light it as well. The cinematography, they light her face in such a beautiful way, but a powerful way as well. It's not, the camera's not lingering it on it, on her, mm. going, look how beautiful this woman is, even yeah. though she is. The camera's lingering on her to show the depth of emotion, to show her strength. Mm. And it's just that beautiful, oh, there's such lovely lighting. And you just look at her and you think, wow, those cheekbones and that face. And like I say, that, there's that real sense of power and strength behind her. She's very quiet, but you know that she, there's, there's so much going on behind the scenes. It's all in Carrie Ann Moss's performance. And it, it feels, I'm going to say a post-feminist performance, mm. in that she's not put in a, in a costume that's exploitative mm-hmm. um, but she still looks amazing all the time and she matches what the guys are wearing strength for strength um, yeah such a good performance and such so, so action as well in this and, and right from the beginning as well so when we when we first start the film we start the film with her story. Yes. So, you know, a lot of people really concentrate on the Keanu Reeves and obviously Neo and him being the one and all that. But for me, there's, a, there's the real arc of Trinity and we don't really get to know that much about her other than she's been working with Morpheus for a long time. She clearly sees him as a... As a you know, they talk about him as being a father figure at one point. That, mm. And at, at another point, she says, you know, I, I believe Morpheus means more to me than he, he does to you. You know, obviously I've known him longer and, and I've worked with him for longer. And you get this idea that she was um, perhaps pulled out of the Matrix from a young age because, the, or at least a lot younger than, than Neo is because Morpheus talks about how we don't normally free a mind once it reaches a certain point. Yeah. So you do get this feeling that they maybe have been in their sort of their 20s when, when this has happened, whereas obviously Neo's a bit older. And so we start with her. We see the action is absolutely from her. We see them doing all the crazy action, mm. running up walls from her perspective and then you follow it through in terms of you know what the oracle told her essentially building this man up to to be the one and and then it right at the end we're still focusing on her and her relationship with neo so i think it's quite interesting from that from that perspective You've got a face on. No, 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 not at all, not at all. Are you thinking all. about something? Yeah, I mean, I want to talk about the good things. So I want to talk about Lawrence yeah. Fishburne and yeah. Joe Pantaliano, yeah. who are. I mean, obviously they're excellent actors. Joey Pants. They, they, they are great in every scene that they are in, and I mean, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne and Joe Pants are. Um, or awesome actors mm. is not going to be a headline that's going to come out of this. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah. um, Fishburne, I think for me, it, it is... that you, you really feel the belief he has in Neo that almost like that... And, and the Oracle says this, he believes it so blindly. That real blind faith that, that nothing will deter me from knowing that I am right. And that that really comes out of him, and mm. quite obviously, it's, I'm going to say it's physical performance again. Yes. Not go, that's not going to be any headline, but there's that physicality when he's being held by the agent, by Agent Smith, yeah. and the water is dripping off him. His eyes are rolling in the back mm. of his head, and you really feel that he is powerless against this this force. Yeah, so it really, really comes out of him. I think that scene's really. Uh, always strikes me as being such a physical performance 
aside from all of the kung fu. Did they only have so much time in the casting room at that point then? Because well, because the other people we we didn't we don't know that well. I I I don't think they're the strongest actors. Oh, I, 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 I'm, and I'm I, including Keanu Reeves in that. Yeah. Oh, oh, are you? <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Well, let's see all of the surrounding cast. I think that they don't get very much to do. Exactly. Yeah. It's um. It's obviously it's it's an ensemble, essentially. Mm. But we know who our. We're never in any cat, doubt yeah. as to who is going to last till the end of this film. When Joey Pants starts circling everyone, he's like, oh, which one am I going to kill first? He doesn't go straight to Neo, does nah, he? Yeah. No, nah, nah, we'll go for this one yeah. who's not who I knew to just lend the name of. Yeah. And, yeah, and probably we'll... only has like a couple of lines as Epoch, well. Yeah. 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 Mouse mm-hmm. doesn't have a lot to do. Switch. Who is in white compared to the others in the black, yeah. which I thought was interesting. I really, I will talk about the costuming in a bit because yes. I really, really want to go into that. But yeah, uh, yeah, they are they are there yeah. as uh, characters that. Dozer and Tank get a bit a because bit they're more, brothers, yeah. because, and they were born in the yeah. in the real world rather in than Zion. the Matrix. Mm-hmm. Keanu Reeves. You, and your problem is. I don't know what I think of Keanu Reeves <laughs> because I just he just says everything at one pace and. <laughs> No, you cannot come in with me, Trinity. <laughs> and, okay, so there are, I admit, some clunky lines. So when um, Trin- they are the ones that are next to Keanu <laughs> in the uh, script and when exclusively, he is. Oh, when he's jumped out of the helicopter and he's holding on to his bit of string, and he knows Trinity's on the other the other end. Oh no, the, I think the helicopter's still in the air at that time, yeah. and she's in it. And he just sort of looks at the helicopter and he goes, Trinity, like this. Yeah. I was like, oh, oh, that doesn't quite work, does it? But in other, I think you see the Genesis, Genesis, is that the right word? I'm thinking Bible because there's so many biblical elements in this. But you, really? you I didn't, yeah, I didn't pick up you on see that. the journey. I mean, when he is Mr. Anderson and he's sort of in his flat and he's late for work and he's not really that bothered and even when he starts you know when he's in the matrix and he's like oh i can't jump over things and he's like, oh come on come on you know um i'm gonna I'm gonna jump this i'm gonna do words to that effect and you kind of feel he's a, he's a bit a bit of a dog really at that point and then you see the movement and the costuming does a lot which again we'll come back to you see the movement and the belief in him and the change in him until eventually, you know, he takes on his his neo name and he believes he is the one. I think the change is entirely physical. I don't think it's in emotional. Okay. Um, I don't. I, there was a long spells where I couldn't tell whether he was trying to playing it sarcastic or not, <laughs> and it could have just been straight out of Bill and Ted Stoner. Um, whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are a couple of things like that, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I feel like the internet is going to cancel me just for yes, signing off. Yes, I think off. they are. Um, and, I think they are. I, I, don't you think, though, that he is the perfect choice for this, though? Like, don't you think that, that his his vibe is totally this sort of film? I think you're retrospecting that. I think hmm. I think if you put someone in there who can act, um, you might find... I think he goes really well with everyone. I think if you had someone who was like this... And obviously Keanu Reeves is, is, is a big action star, I know that. But if you put someone who is all muscle in there, you know, 
let's imagine, let's think about today, you know, a John Cena, wrestling is the first thing that comes to mind, a Chris Pratt, you know, all those sorts of things. It just wouldn't work. I think Keanu Reeves has such a, a, something about him that matches the other people in terms of the casting. They are, they're all there. It, it just feels like it's, there's a similarity there. And I wonder whether it's the level of, there's a real sense of almost, I think I in, in the past I probably would have called it something along the lines of androgyny, get my words out. But now that I'm watching it and now that I've had time to think about it and I'm a bit older, I almost feel like there's a level of gender fluidity. There's, there's something in the the way that the people are positioned and how the gender roles or the, the, the typical gender roles don't apply... And it, yeah, there's, there's, and I think he fits into that perfectly. I think there is a yin and a yang between Trinity and Nia, mm-hmm. um, in that they have very similar hairstyling for a lot of, yeah. in, well, especially yeah. in the Matrix. Obviously, he shares his head at some point yeah. for, or for that reason, or he comes out. With he comes out with, shared, yeah, yeah. Um, it feels to me like they matched, like when I know this won't be the case given their level of stardom. It feels to me like they matched Carrie Ann Moss with. Keanu Reeves rather than the other way around. Okay. Um, yeah, it feels like to me like they, they cast Carrie and Moss and then found who can we get? Oh, yeah, he's a bit wooden. Oh, well, that, he, he fits anyway. Let's just have him. You are coming out with some funny. This is not where I thought we would be going with the Matrix. And, yeah, this is the problem. I really love it, but I have so many problems. I, I, I have a lot of problems with it. That's the thing. Um, it, I mean, bullet time. Are you going to take a bullet time? No, 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 no. All right, no, okay, no, good. No. I thought this is just going to be your list of things no, that you don't like. I want to do some positives. So All right, okay. I think bullet time still amazes me how someone came up with that. And it's so revolutionary. Was, was it the Wachowskis that came up with this? I, I believe so. I mean, mm. it was the first time I ever came across yeah. it and then obviously everybody nicked it after that and then everything became bullet time and then Max all, Payne yeah, computer oh, games was oh. the yeah, yeah. And, then, and then it just got too much but I think it used appropriately it's still incredibly powerful and to watch it in the in this. it yeah. happens two or three times yeah. and you kind of and obviously the the DVD extras where they showed you how to do this in a in a world without YouTube where you couldn't just type in how did they mm-hmm. do bullet time I mean that sold half the DVD mm. I love the I love the marketing extras on this what is the marketing extra? so like the fact that when we've been watched to the end of the credits and oh, there yeah, is yeah. a website the website address the matrix.com yeah. and then you've got to put a password in what as happens well? if you type in what is the matrix.com oh. that's a question oh so of, of course it is it goes to the Matrix Resurrections website. Of course it does. Oh, oh we're stupid, aren't I w- we? I wish we'd have done this a year ago <laughs> and uh, then we'd have found out what, what happened then. Yeah, yeah. Of course, it just doubted to read out. Th- do you think at the end of the Matrix Resurrections, there's going to be a go to whatisthematrix.com password? I don't know. Why was it password stake for this? I, I don't understand that. I don't that understand either. that either. Oh, mm. well. Oh, because he eats a st- Oh, because Joey Pants eats a steak, doesn't he? Oh, And yes. he goes on about how great yes. it tastes, even though he knows it isn't real. Yeah. That's a random thing to bring up as a password, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, I suppose you want something that's. You should make your password as obscure as possible. Do you remember in the introduction when we talked about the symbolism 
yes. in relation to the Matrix. And yeah. you said something that I found quite funny, which was that you had just watched it in your twenty. You were twenty at the time. You just watched it and sort of didn't really appreciate. If I'm putting words in your mouth, but it didn't really appreciate, or it just didn't really dawn on you to think about the symbolism. Or it didn't stick with me. Anyway. Yeah, or it didn't. Yeah, it, it certainly uh, didn't last twenty years later. And obviously, for me, I can tell you all about. Even before seeing this film, I could talk to you about the name Morpheus and how he's the, the god of dreams and sleeping. I can talk about Nebuchadnezzar and how that's in the Bible. I can talk about like Trinity and the Holy Trinity. Is Nebuchadnezzar Neo not the just... one, you know. Nebuchadnezzar is a king, isn't he? I think I think so. Nebuchadnezzar the second, possibly. You know what? You know how I know that? No, go on. Because of all bottles of wine are named after kings, oh. for biblical kings. And a Nebuchadnezzar is a bloody big bottle is of wine. It a big I bottle think it's about wine? twenty bottles of wine in one. Oh. So when right. you see um, Formula One drivers spray mm-hmm. champagne, it's normally a Nebuchadnezzar. Is that like a Magnum? So a Magnum is a Magnum is Tom Selleck. Yes, no, that's a Magnum PI. <laughs> a Magnum is a chocolate bar, <laughs> uh, a chocolate ice cream. But isn't it also like a big bottle? Yeah, I think it's not as big. I think a Nebuchadnezzar is bigger than that. Okay, but was there a King Magnum then? Oh, if you're saying it's all named after kings, you're looking this up now, aren't you? Yeah, I am. Yeah. I think, yeah, there must be. There must be. <laughs> Have you found it yet? Um, so a magnum... So I think a, ma- a magnum is just a standard... It's two bottles. So but is it a king? That's the bit I'm waiting for. You uh, said they were all named after kings. Well, I don't know, because all the rest are. <laughs> so um, Methuselah, oh, Salamanza, Balthazar, yeah. Nebuchadnezzar, Solomon, Sovereign, Primat, and Melchizedek. <laughs> I, I'm I, sure I, that's I, how that's... I, I lost uh... confidence in that halfway through, if you can't tell. <laughs> okay, so... I mean, I could go on about the symbolism forever. I, there's Wizard of Oz, there's obviously Alice in Wonderland. There's all sorts of stuff in there. There's huge, huge biblical references. There's the whole idea of Neo being... I mean, Neo is clearly like a Jesus-esque figure. Morpheus is clearly really? John the Baptist. You've got Mary and Mary Magdalene in there. And you've got your Judas. You know, you've all of the, those things. Yeah. Did that strike you this time round? Was that something that you were thinking about, or was it no. a because I was talking yeah, to you about it? it or no. but, yeah, yeah, of course it did. Um, I mean, it, it it's it's pretty it's pretty obvious. Like they don't hide it at all, and I think in some ways it I think in some ways it's a little bit too obligatory Bible references at certain points. Um, can I ask a question? No. <laughs> because you have a mischievous look in your eye. Go no. on, what's your question? I mean, Trinity's the one that brings someone back to life. It's not Neo. That... No, but, well, Neo comes comes back to life, doesn't he? Uh, that's but it, yeah. you're, you're mixing things up, I think. It's like, <laughs> I didn't mean that as a criticism. I think there's a mixture, and some people might pull the Wachowskis up for this, but I think there's so much mixed up together that it isn't just a pure Bible reference. She kisses him and he and he wakes up. And I think that is going back to your typical... Um, Prince Charming? Yes, that, the, yeah. the whole idea. Um, that fairy tales is what yes. I was looking for. Uh, but mixing it up again, so, so the princess kisses the prince. So, you know, that, well, that okay. sort of thing. Yeah. And I think you've got that mixed in with the idea that he is resurrected in using a biblical term. So, mm. yeah. Okay, I, I accept that mm-hmm. as a as a. I think there's so much in there. I mean, even when he's and, and again, it's a bit of a clunky line, but when he picks up the phone, he says, "Mr. Wizard, get me out." You know, there's all of those tiny, tiny little references to pop culture and history and religion, and yeah, 
I don't think I got a lot of them. Mr. Wizard? I've never heard him say that. Yeah, when he's on the phone trying to get back into the Matrix, yeah. There's little throwaway lines and and little, little moments. And I think, in some senses, you could get annoyed with that because it's there all the time. But if you're someone like me that just loves that sort of stuff, I get a real kick out of picking up the what you might term an easter egg it's not really what we use now when we're talking about easter eggs but for me it is it's like it's like oh there's another thing oh there's another oh i got that oh i've got oh what does that mean if you're someone who really likes to analyze things to the nth degree i think it's a really really interesting you like to do that film. you like to overanalyze yes, things yes i do and also <laughs> the the costuming which i know i've mentioned a million times now, i'm finally going to get around to it I love that sense of the whole idea of when you're in the matrix, it's a projection of your digital self. So it's what, how you see yourself. So you see all the people who've been in the matrix for a long time or look nothing like their, their non-matrix personalities because they haven't got access to the clothing. But when they're in the matrix, you get that real sense of how they see themselves. And then you see how Neo or Thomas Anderson as he starts, you see how he changes and how and you're seeing that in in front of your eyes through the costuming. I love it. Bit World of Warcraft, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I well, don't know you get World people in the basement who, who like people playing World of Warcraft make themselves massive barbarians and stuff Do like they? that. I've never played it. But oh, that, well, oh well, that's that, an that's, insight then, that, isn't that's, it? That's how I see. Is that it how happens. you see it? Yeah. Right. Films that this influenced. Mm. Have you ever seen Equilibrium? I was about to say there's a film, and I'm sure it's got Christian Bale in. Is it Christian Bale? Uh, Christian Bale and Tay Diggs and Sean Bean, yeah. Okay, and I was thinking about I could see the poster for it, and I remember it being very much like... The, I remember seeing like the trailer or something thinking, oh, it's just... It's a bit like The Matrix. Yeah. But no, I've not seen it. Oh, you not? No. no. Oh, oh, look at the poster. Yeah. So Mark's showing me the poster, and it's two people dressed in long... Well, it's one of them is Christian Bale, and the other one, funnily enough, is Ty... Is it Di- I can't read. I don't have Tay Diggs. I don't know if that's pronounced, yeah. And they're wearing long black coats, and they look just like... Uh, they look just like Neo from the Matrix. Yeah, I think I think the thing in that is that there is this unbeatable form of kung fu or something like that oh. that they do. Um, and yeah, I mean it is shit, but I quite enjoy it. Um, yeah. Other films that it influenced. I mean, there was a lot of things just where people were wearing long black coats and um, just walking around to. Rock stroke dance music. I mean, Rob D's Club to Death. I mean, oh, Rob, yeah, Rob D's yeah. as uh, the Woodkowski's a yeah, hell of a. I love that. that. I mean, that's their pension fund, isn't it? <laughs> His pension fund, like. I really love the music, actually. I really love the music. But it, and again, the music it was, it wasn't just the look of the film, it was the music, like you say, and the, the sort of the tone of it. And this, I remember it was, came out in 1999, so everyone's getting a bit upset about the Millennium Bug, aren't they, at this point? And computers taking over the, and the AI-ness of everything. And Although we'd already had Terminator. Terminator's the big one. That but this sort of... seemed to be so different. There was such a different tone to it. And again, you, you know, the difference between an Arnie film and something like this, this independent film that had all of these references in yeah and i think 
I think as a soundtrack, the thing that it reminds me of, it, it was the first thing time that I came out which had sort of a crossover between dance music and rock mm. music. Um, is the Spawn soundtrack? Oh, I, I see. I haven't seen Spawn. Either. I've never seen Spawn. But you know the soundtrack. But my friend Rob had the soundtrack and lent me it. And yeah, it's all really hard rock mixed with dance music. I suppose it was a couple of years after sort of the Prodigy kind of broke through into Fat of the Land is one of my favourite, like, Mm. and Fat of the Land and the Chemical Brothers sort of coming out. I mean, Chemical Brothers at that era came out and were ripping off the Beatles and stuff like that with um, Setting Sun just being a rip-off of Tomorrow Never Knows Mm. and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, it's... Yeah, a, a really, really good soundtrack. I might go and listen to it now if it's on Spotify. I mean, I, I could probably. I mean, I suspect there's probably a lot of uh, playlists of the of the same songs going back to back. So, was were the sequels planned? You know what the funny thing was when I was watching this because it's it it didn't last as long as I thought. It was quite a nice, neat film. Yeah, I remember remember thinking, oh, we've not... Because we paused it at one point, didn't we, to yeah. go to the kitchen or do something. And I remember thinking, oh, there's only, like, 15 minutes left. And it seemed to me that... I wonder if... I, hmm, I wonder if, because I know the other films exist, my brain was saying to me, oh, it's, it, this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Whereas at the time, it ends on such a positive note. Him coming back to life at the end is like the denouement yeah. whereas for me watching this now I was like oh we're just you know we're just getting started he's he's now Neo and then in the next couple of films he's still going to be Neo so it's difficult to look to look at it with really an ob- objective point of view because knowing what happens in the future I think is really flavoured the way I feel about it the, the end of the film has a uh, a shot of the matrix the code of the matrix with system failure and suggesting that he has changed something or he's going about waking people up there's now 12 and cats in a row there's probably about 12 everyone's cats. got deja vu yeah yeah um there's brick walls popping up everywhere and yeah it's, so you kind of get the sense of it's come to an end but at the same time i do think it really lends itself to further exploration would it not be i mean i I, like i said as i've said in the introduction and the preview podcast i i know i remember nothing from the other than this for the people with like white dreadlocks yes yes yes, that's all i remember and i think it's probably the picture rather than the actual thing itself yeah 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 um i so I will reserve judgments about mm-hmm. whether whether they deserved it. I know mm. that in my mind, I feel they are a disappointment, mm. but that might just be pop culture telling me that. Yeah, yeah. I I think that I think it that we need to go into it with an open mind and review it in it's the way we've done this one because I did not think we would spend quite a lot of time sort of arguing over sort of little bits of the film, and you've obviously got more of an a critical eye on the film than I have. I worry now for the sequels because I really enjoyed them. I, I yes, I can, I can point out negative things to do, but I didn't feel that I was going to really do that in this review. So I'm slightly worried now that you're going to look at the sequels, which I remember not liking as much, 
and you're going to look at them really, really critically if you've started off sort of in, no, in this way. And, and, and I, I don't want... This is the problem, is that I think the... I think the only interesting things I have to say about this mm. film are the criticisms. Like I could go along, I could go on about how awesome this and how fun it is and everything like that because it is a lot of fun. But there's about twenty years of people tell people telling people how fun the Matrix is. Mm. I I think it's for me. I think it's more interesting to talk about the things that don't work rather than the things that do. I, for me, it's a it's a four star, four and a half star film. I don't think it's perfect, and I think whereas I. And going back to this comparison, I don't think it's perfect. Whereas I do think there have been films since that do this better that is are perfect. I'm not gonna are you, are you going to say Inception again? I'm not going to mention anything. <laughs> okay. Mm. Got anything else? Nope. So we'll be back next week with. Oh well, you're here have we go. To Ready. Me. So I wrote this in the show notes as well, so I should remember. It's The Matrix Reloaded. Yes. And there's no colon. Because I was ready to put colons everywhere. You know, you kind of think it's like the Matrix colon reloaded or the Matrix colon, but there is it. It isn't, which I quite like. I don't know why. Stylish, style-wise, I really sort of like Because we do colons all the time now in films, and I just like the fact that they just decided not to do it. So, yeah, Matrix re- the Matrix reloaded, because I always leave the the off. I don't think they made a conscious decision not to do it. I think it's just called the Matrix reloaded. Okay. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Should we not do that on the podcast? <laughs> I don't think they made a conscious decision to not use a colon. I think it's just the Matrix reloaded. I think by the time we get to discussing colons on the podcast, it's time to finish. Okay. So let's uh, let's wrap up. And yeah, we'll come back next week with another episode. Well, thanks for listening. I think we're going to try and sneak out a few podcasts here and there just about stuff we've been watching as well, mm-hmm. um, which will be on the same feed that this is on. So Honeymoon Period is available in any way you get podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Honeymoon Pod. And if you'd like to leave us a review, you can do that on iTunes and many other places where you get your podcast from. We really appreciate it. Yeah, that would be brilliant. Thank you very much. So, um, let's continue the festivities and we'll see you in a week <laughs> with The Matrix Reloaded. It's Christmas! It's The Matrix! Woohoo! <laughs> Merry Matrixmas! <laughs> <laughs>